My name is Ryan Miller, and for the past 15 years, I've helped hundreds of people to raise millions of dollars for their funds and for their startups. If you're serious about raising money, launching your business, or taking your life to the next level, this show will give you the answers so that you too can enjoy your pursuit of making billions. Let's get into it. Do you ever get the sense that there is more risk out there than ever before? I know I do. So if that's you, then I have a treat for you. In this week's episode of Making Billions, I bring on Van Carlson. Van is an international expert on a corner of the tax code called 831B. So what this means is that Van helps businesses and funds reduce their risk, increase their assets, and optimize their taxes all from implementing this one powerful tool in the U.S. tax code. Preparing for unexpected risks, improving tax profiles, and optimizing profit margins are all skills we need in our pursuit of making billions. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode of Making Billions. I'm your host, Ryan Miller, and today I have my dear friend, Van Carlson. Van is the founder and CEO of SRA 831B Admin, which is a firm that helps businesses to minimize risk through a government incentivized program known as the 831B Initiative. So what this means is Van understands how to minimize a company's risk while at the same time optimizing their profit margins. So Van, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I'm glad I can uh, get on your show. I know you're uh, hopping and running out there. Wait, two and a half now uh, listeners out there in the in the world today. So uh, really impressed to be on your show today. And thank you for... Uh, giving us the opportunity to get our message out. Yeah, you're right. So it's the top two and a half percent, not two and a half listeners. Um, but uh, <laughs> the t- <laughs> I don't know how we do the half, but yeah, top two and a half percent in the world. So we're very honored to be uh, achieving that level of growth within our first year. But we're here to talk about you and how you can minimize companies' risk as well as uh, improving their profit margins. You've found an impressive program but I'm I'm curious, and we're going to get into that in a minute, but I'm curious, like, how did you become an expert? I mean, where did this begin for you? Yeah, you know, it's, well, hey, it's risk management, it's insurance, it's it's really exciting part of uh, anybody's day, especially as a business owner. Um, you know, really, when I got, you know, I was a pretty successful agent, uh, I would say successful, because I was in the top 1% producer of my of my insurance industry at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I live in Idaho, we're always growing, we've been growing for probably the last 20 years, but um you know, 2008 comes along and, uh, by then I'd pretty much handed all my hats off, you know, like everybody else, right? Like, Hey, I did everything in the beginning, handed my hats off. But the one hand I kept was working with my business owners. And, uh, fortunately 2008 came along and I saw a lot of them go out of business and good people, right? I mean, pillars of the community, um, uh, looked upon, respected, and, you know, they, they were being, their companies were going away. They were being auctioned off, right? I mean, the banks were asking for their, you know, covenants of the loans started to mean things. And um, there had to be a smarter, better way. And that's really when I was introduced to the idea. And, and really because I was witness to, to uh, a gentleman that had several of these 831B plans. And really he was a manufacturer of, of RVs um, for many, many years leading up to that. Of course, he felt it pretty hard too in 08. I mean, consumer lending was down. I mean, it, it was, a, as we all know, if you're around during that time in business, it was, you know, you're doing everything to scratch and save and, and st- try to stay alive during that time. And um, I saw this guy thrive. And this is like the business model that, you know, small to middle market business owners need to be looking at. You know, it's nothing new that we're doing. The code's been around since 1986. Uh, back in 1986, um, 
you know, that was a, probably the largest reform act of, of in my lifetime. Um, and it really had, a, it changed a lot, right? Interest rates, you can only deduct mortgages now. And uh, it, was, it was, a lot of things went on there. But they introduced this code because what was happening, traditional insurance companies were non-renewing businesses because they had a really hardening of the market at that time. Uh, they were finding it hard to make an, any kind of returns on their investments. And they didn't like people with claims. And so they're just simply being non-renewed. And Congress came out with an incentive, basically, that if you're going to have to self-insure your risk, you know, how do we make that more more appealing for small to middle market business owners? And it's really the ability to expense a, a, a dollar out of your company and drop, drop it into an 831B. And, here, and here's the deal. As long as you meet parameters, rules, and guidelines, no different than the 401k, it's deductible at the operating company level, but the 831B, does, the, the entity itself, the box, has to look and feel like an insurance company. It is a C-corp, um, but inside that, you, you have to be, have the ability to do four-part tests and all those things. But the nice thing is that premium that goes into the 831B, it doesn't get picked up as income. You know, the big knock on C-Corps is the double taxation. Well, when the profits, the premium goes into the insurance company or to the 831B, I should say, you're not, that's not being taxed. Only thing that's being taxed is investment income. And, you know, that's, it's a quite the incentive. You know, at that time it was 1.2. Now it's 2.6 million a year you can put up into these things. And again, you know, I say that number, there's rules and regulations to it. And that's really what we do for our business owners is administer uh, their plan no different than why you would want to administer with a 401k administrator. You know, you can do a lot of things yourself, but um, I would tell you that you need you need somebody to, if you're going to take advantage of this code, you want to make sure somebody that plays in that area arena uh, is managing that for you. Okay. So, so let me make sure just to summarize and synthesize what you said. So an A31 is, it's a government's, uh, program that allows you to self-fund almost your own, we'll say self-insured program. It's set up. It's obviously registered with the government. I'm sure you have your own criteria that everyone needs to meet like any government program. You And then you set aside so that you can instantly regret, uh, regret recognize the um, expense. You can instantly recognize the expense. And then uh, you can build a nest egg by do- donating or um, investing $2.6 million a year in this separate C-Corp. And then you can use that to mitigate any potential risk. Is that, is that a fair summary? It is. It, it's high level. Obviously, there's, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, there's like everything else, the, de- the, de- the, de- the devil's in the details. But that's, again, that's why we're here. I mean, we're very compliant. We make sure our, our clients follow the rules and regulations of it. But you're absolutely right. It's like having their own PPP program, right? I mean, you know, here's the thing. If, you, if you're doing really well as a business, just to take a little bit off the side, park it off to the side, that's just good business, right? And a lot of business owners do that. The problem is, is it's all taxable income, though. So you get those K-1 retained earnings, which is a, a lovely thing. <laughs> you got to recognize the taxes on it. Uh, with our program, you're able to scrape that out of your, you know, your your LLC, your S-Corp, C-Corps, whatever create an expense and then drop it into the 831B. And now you're building up a tax deferred uh, basis of money that, you know, at certain times in, in, in the lifespan of a business can be the difference between living and dying. And I think we saw a lot of that. And, you know, unfortunately through COVID-19, um, same reason why I got into it. I mean, really what happened in 2008, I saw so many businesses go out of business for the simple fact is they never recognized the financial risk they took, you know, and that's, um, and, and now we got this COVID thing hanging around us. And 
you know, I'm kind of on the bandwagon right now talking about, okay, what's, what's plan B here, folks? I mean, we can't do what we did. Um, here's a legitimate tax code on the books. You know, if you, if you, if the service has a problem with it, service being the IRS, you know, come out with clear guidelines and let business owners do their own PPP program next time. So the, the fact that we threw this much money out in the economy and everything else, what we did, you know, we're still paying them ramifications for that. And we still don't know what the future holds for that, unfortunately. And so it, to me, it's just good risk management. It's good business and it's good for the overall survivability of of the economy, period. I love that. And so um, anybody who's been through 08, who's been through COVID, understands that there is, we, we sometimes on Wall Street, I know there was a book called Black Swan, and there's all of these basically out of nowhere, once in a lifetime, I feel like every five to eight years, we're having a once in a lifetime surprise to, down, to the downside on the economy. But what you've done essentially is saying, hey, you're, you're corralling companies in here to say, look, you're, you don't have to be this exposed to these unexpected black swan events. You can actually do something today, as they say, make hay while the sun's shining. So while you're making good cash flow, you can reduce your, um, or you can, you can uh, recognize these expenses to, um, reduce your taxable income. And while still doing that, you're protecting yourself against these um, unforeseen events. So again, 08, uh, recession, all of these different things. Now I'm curious, what have you found? How how has COVID impacted? You said COVID has been kind of an eye opener for you. Maybe you can walk me through a little bit about how COVID's impacted. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we started this company in 08, right? I mean, um, and we've talked to a lot of people and, and sometimes if business owners haven't had a, a direct impact where they felt the pain that their insurance policy didn't cover them like they thought it would, which unfortunately happens all the time. Um, you know, we've talked to a lot of CPAs. We've, you know, we, we've built this company up and really going into 2000, uh, when COVID hit, it became a reality because they realized that a lot of their insurance policies weren't going to cover any of this stuff. And, and that's really where I would say that the light went on for a lot of the CPA community. Where, you know, my business, I am putting my business owners at risk if I don't let at least let them know this tool's available to them. Um, and yeah, there again, you know, this code has been abused. There's, there, you can Google this thing, and you know, it was abused for estate tax planning, not what it was designed to do. Um, and that's, I would say, the biggest difference between our competitors and us is we're risk managers, we're not attorneys, we're not CPAs. If you're an attorney or CPA, you're selling the tax code, which I can appreciate to some 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 level. Congress created the incentive. We didn't. Um, but that being said, the risk management side of it is is critical. And, and, and the, the conversations we have today is so different than we used to. And I think COVID-19 really rocked a lot of people that they saw for the first time that their insurance policies, you know, they always had it back of their head, what are probably not going to be covered for this or their agents kind of, hey, don't turn that in because you're going to see your rates go up or you can get non-renewed. And and so they keep paying the premiums and it's one of those sticking points that, you know, that uh, when I was in my previous lifetime, when I was selling it, right? I mean, I sold an insurance policy, think they would be covered. And a lot of times I found myself telling the client, no, it won't be covered. So again, you know, these are real risk on the books. The best example, the, the other addition to that would be the East Palestine thing that just happened recently with, with the... Uh, uh, derailment uh, of that toxic material. And, you know, we actually had a U.S. Senator out of Ohio ask for PPP money for all those business owners that had to shut down during that time that, you know, environmental cleanup was going on. 
And I'm like, when's this going to end? When are we going to stop? You know, these are business, the tools are there. You know, you know, one of the things that we're having a challenge with is Congress is, is really just educating them on this, on this code. I mean, you know, it's been on the books for, well, going on almost 40 years, I believe now. So, um, and a lot of them don't know about it. And so part of we're tasked with, and I, again, love being on platforms like yours is just getting the word out on it, uh, that, Hey, this is there. Uh, if you're a bootstrap or entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff, um, you don't want to be dependent on the government for the next time you got to be bailed out. I mean, who, who wants that? I didn't want that. I don't think anybody wanted that. Uh, you were forced to because a lot of people didn't know any different. But now that we're here, now that we've gotten through it, uh, there's a better strategy to be deployed. And that's really utilizing A31B. Yeah, I love it. So um, now I'm curious. So we, we've got this company, you've got a corporation, you've got the fund set up, you're financing it. Um, are there any restrictions to what you can invest in? Like, can you even invest in it? And if so, what what are some of the things you... The do's and don'ts. So, so not to go down too many rabbit holes, right? Yeah. So, getting back to talking about insurance, yeah. uh, you know, the insurance companies surplus and reserves. Reserves typically are premiums being collected in any policy period, and the idea is to use those reserves to pay ongoing claims as they come in. And then at the end of the year, what? It, hopefully, you got more premium than than claims, and of course, that becomes underwriting profit, and you're able to call that surplus. And that's really where. The insurance industry really has the advantages over probably any other industries is their ability to take those dollars and, and really put them to work out there. And, and I would tell you that they're the strongest financial institutions in our, in the country, in the world mm. are insurance companies, especially life insurance companies and, and so forth. But so that's what our clients are able to do. They were participate in that kind of a level. And basically the reserve were good with it being invested in the market, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. EFTs and all that kind of stuff. That's not an issue. When it becomes a surplus, we'll, we'll allow the, the loosening up of it a little bit. But the mm. clients do sign an investment agreement. Yep. How they can and cannot treat their reserves and surplus inside their 831B plan. And, and, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty neutral. You know, um, we rely on other trusted advisors to go manage that money for the clients. We don't do that. Again, we're the risk managers. We're the admin people. So we work with a lot of financial advisors all over the country. Yeah. And, uh, and their their job is to manage that those reserves and surplus. So a question for you. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So my question for you, and I'm sure a lot of our audience, if you're listening to a show called Make It Billions about private equity, venture capital, entrepreneurship, I think a lot of people are knowing, can I, as a private fund manager, an investment banker, an entrepreneur, can I approach somebody with that policy and ask them to invest in a private investment? What would you say to that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. AI is changing the game of business. Will you be on the winning team? I'm Jordan Wilson, the host of the Everyday AI podcast and your coach to help you learn the X's and O's of AI. Artificial intelligence isn't just a new player in the game, it's a new sport altogether. So if you don't quickly put AI into play, your competitors will run up the score. I've spent my whole life building winning teams from coaching basketball to working with big players like Nike and Jordan brand. My next move helping you win with Everyday AI. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or on everydayaipodcast.com. Let's tap into AI together and put points on the board. Uh, yes. You know, I mean, we like some, you know, it, it, it's got to be portioned out. Like everything, you're not going to put, you're not going to put it all on red, right? You're not going <laughs> to bet it all into one fund, right? But, you know, so it's got to be, it, it's got to be why. It, it, again, these are professional people, yeah. successful business owners. 
that have good trusted advisors, yep. hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let them run their own ship. But yeah. there are some, you know, and, and we prepare the tax returns every year. This entity has to have a tax return done every year. It's got its own EIN number. Yep. Uh, we prepare all that. We get all the financial statements. We prepare those documents. We do the balance sheets, the the statements, the annual statements and everything else for them. So we'll see what they're invested in. And if we start to question some things, you know, it, it's we always have a one-off. We always have, a, you know, crypto became a big thing here recently. And we kind of just made a, a company decision not to allow them to invest in crypto mm. because there was really no way to, for us to understand how we can exchange it if we, in the event of a, a, of a claim, the client's claim or, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So those were things that, you know, and, and it's, you were insurance, we're an insurance company. So I think by nature, we're going to move slow on some of these investments. Yeah. But as you know, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I think, you know, uh, it, it's, it's always open for a discussion. Sure. I can tell you that. Yeah. So I love it. And so, uh, so you mentioned kind of the line is between the principal and, and surplus and that is determined what you are and are not allowed to invest in. So you can use yeah. that money to invest, but depending if you're investing the principal or the surplus will determine what you're allowed. Did I get that yeah, right? The, the reserve, the money at risk in any given year. I love that. So, okay. And, um, do you have an example like of somebody that's worked for you and how you were able to help them? Or, I mean, maybe walk us through a little bit of a real world. Experience. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a lot of different ways. I mean, I, I've dealt with uh, strategies for key employees that they yeah. allow them to own the 831B. I've dealt with privately ran, you know, family businesses where dad wanted to be bought out and there was a strategy used for this kind of a vehicle as mm -hmm. well. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways we look at it with with business owners. And and here's where, here's where we're at on that. Again, we're going to work with their trusted advisors. I work with a lot of attorneys, uh, law firms all over the country, a lot of CPA firms. Yeah. Our biggest referral sources are CPAs. Okay. Uh, the ones that understand what we do and how we do it. This is a this is a game changer for them. I mean, um, the, the the idea that you can take a little bit off the top. You know, when COVID hit, we actually responded quicker than the government did on their PPP payments. Yeah. I mean, we had restaurants shutting down. We had dental practices being shut down. We had supply chain issues that were immediately filled, hmm. clients that were held to contracts that were bind by contracts and they were, you know, how are they going to fulfill those things? Yeah. And so the fact that they had this bucket of money to turn to, um, you know, made them allow them to make better decisions, truthfully. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, you mentioned there was a few clients um, that you've worked with. Um, that you've been able to help. Um, did you have any stories uh, of clients that you'd like to share? You know, I, I would say the one in COVID, during COVID, um, we had a we had a gentleman that was bound. So we were shut down for what, two months, like a hard shutdown, right? Um, during that time, even around the world, there was plants shutting down, man, you know, manufacturing plants. But, you know, when you sign a contract up to supply a product to a, a major big box store, and you don't fulfill that contract, there's there's so many tentacles that they can reach back into you and take everything you have. And so this one particular situation where he had a, this, this, I would say, and I'm not going to throw names around, but pretty significant manufacturer of denim, denim jeans, um, had, to get, had to get some deliverables. And in order to do that, he literally had to, instead of putting on a slow boat, um, a container and putting it on a ship, he had to air freight it which incurred a cost of additional $600,000 of expenses that he didn't have, wasn't expecting to have. And he couldn't go back to 
the con- you know the, the big box store he had the contract with because the price was set. It's just you're done, right? So here he it was eating it. I mean, it was almost to where he was just he was just happy to break even. But the, the bottom line is he was able to turn to this this 831B plan he'd been funding for a number of years, and he and he didn't he he didn't lose any sleep. The fact that well, where was this additional six hundred thousand dollars of expenses going to come from that we weren't planning on doing? And if he did not fulfill that agreement, that contract, he may never get it. He may he was one and done, right? I mean, that's that's the risk you take when you do when you work with big big companies, right? You got to perform and you know, perform at all costs. And so, you know, the smoothing of that for him was, I would say, I mean, took the stress level off of him immensely. And and that's really where we can see, you know, we're a mismanager, right? I mean, it's not exciting industry, right? It's kind of, oh God, you're right, it's really, but, but I will tell you, when you have those incidences, I mean, you feel very, you feel blessed in what you do and then how you can truly make a difference for small to middle market business owners. Hey, Fortune 500 companies been doing these things for decades. I mean, they they get the game. They got a fleet of attorneys. They have a they have a whole division of risk managers. You know, the, the guys that are out there that strapped it on, took an idea and ran with it, and now they turned their company into a profitable business. They they typically avoid the attorneys, right? They don't want to get a bill from an attorney. I mean, they're they're do it themselves, folks. And again, you know, and, and I when I talk to when I present to business owners and everything else, it's like. You know, recognize that. Recognize the risk you took, what you did. You laid it on the line. Now you're here. Now you're over the hump. You, you, you've got you, your profitable business. Now's the time to, t- to really build this out. And we make it very clear to our business owners early on. The earlier you do this type of a program, the more you put in a line item expense. You, you, when you expense these, you're expensing these no different than work comp, general liability, your commercial auto. It just becomes part of the 162 line item expense. Uh, no different than anything else. And as long as you can start to build that into your business, into your P&L sheets, you know, it just becomes a, a line item expense to you. But it's it's one of those things that's a forced savings account, basically. Um, and that's another mindset for a, 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 an owner, right? They've got all the world, in, they've got all the incentive in the world to spend money. With the accelerated depreciation, with the R&D credits and everything else, right? This is a program you can still spend the money, but the money's still going to be yours. And that is a game changer for, for any business. I mean, there's a reason why Warren Buffett owns insurance companies. There's a, you know, you want to talk about billionaires. You know how many billionaires own their own insurance companies? Almost all of them do. You know, they have to. Uh, who's going to sell, who's going to sell those guys insurance, truthfully? I mean, Elon Musk doesn't have insurance for product defect for his Teslas. He's self-insuring that risk himself, right? Zurich's not going to issue a policy to him. So he's on his own. Yeah, no, th- that that totally makes uh, perfect sense. So as we round third base and, and kind of headed home, uh, I'm curious, like, if um, do you have any, like, parting advice, maybe a few tips for people that are, this is really resonating to say, because c- c- look, man, I, and I think you would agree, if when you're in the business and you're just, fully immersed like we are, you just get a, sometimes you get a fingertip feel. And right now it feels like the risk profile is starting. The heat is kind of turning up a little bit on, on all businesses. There's monetary risk, there's geopolitical risk, there's interest rate risk, there's counterparty risk, there's all of these things. And then viruses and fungus and terrorism. I mean, holy smokes, what a world we live in. It's You cannot possibly um, anticipate and predict 
all of the risks. But it just it's you, you, you're getting a sense here that that the temperature's turning up. So in order to do that, to say, look, if the risk profile is going up, maybe we should invest in this thing. I run a fund. I have a startup. I have an established business. Whatever it is, this is a good hedge against those unexpected things. So you're not sitting there and analyzing every possible thing. So those people that are maybe also with us, we're feeling like the heat is kind of turning up on all of these elements that I mentioned. And they're like, you know what? Maybe I need to do a better job at protecting my cash flow. Because as you mentioned, that other person who went through it, where you come in is at the nightmare scenario. You're saying like, this is the moment that we might die as a company. And that 831 is right there to protect you to help you live another day. So I would assume most business owners would appreciate having something to protect them, not only an insurance policy, but a deferred uh, tax insurance policy that unlike insurance, you actually get this money back should you need it for certain things. So that being said, now that I've rambled on about risk and insurance, this is a big part of running a business and making billions. Yeah. So are there any other, uh, maybe just one or two different pointers that uh, you find might be helpful to people listening to the sound of your voice? Yeah. You, and I think you bring up a great point there, Ryan. I mean, this is a work on it business, not in it business concept, yeah. right? So that you do have to retool a little bit in your brain on, what do you mean I got to own my own insurance company? No, it's not that. It's It's a... It's an incentive to own your own insurance company and we'll help you manage you through that. And there's rules and regulations to it. And I think any client, any, anybody out there, um, you know, you know, when I do this, I, you know, it's, especially with business or it's a tool Yeah. and for the right client, it's a fantastic tool and it may or may not be right for you. It, it, the timing and all that stuff. But, but I will say that, um, you know, to, to go to our website, 831b.com, we've got a lot of educational videos on there. Uh, we've got great case studies. Uh, I, I, we cover all case studies in almost every industry. Hmm. If and hey, we wor- we work with a lot of different types of businesses that aren't normal businesses. Um, you know, I, it, that's another fun part of what we do. It's always fun to run into a business and go, "You do what? Uh, and you make how much money? Yeah, that's good for you. You came up with a great idea." But it's, you know, so those are some unique risk profiles that we get to dive into and we get kind of geeked out on that. And that's what we'd like to do. But, um, you know, but it, it, I can tell you several stories about that, but we have great case studies for a lot of, a lot of different industries and we're always willing to write more specifically to somebody else's industry. And, and truthfully, I mean, a lot of our clients out there, unfortunately, have experienced uh, not only a COVID and the financial risk of 08. Um, but also just other things that have come up over their lifetime of their business where, hey, that wasn't covered. And luckily we had ca- enough cash flow at the time to to make amends on that. You know, there's a bigger, smarter way of doing that. And I think you really owe it, you just, as a business owner, you need, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to the employees you help make a living with um, to look into tools like this. Because we don't know when the next, to your point, we don't know when the next incident's going to happen. And, I, and to be honest with you, the 831B.com website, is the best resource we give to our clients to start at. And we would fully expect to work with their CPAs, their attorneys, their financial planners, even their own property and casualty agent, working with other trusted advisors to bring up the best possible program for them. So in the event of, an, of a black swan or an tournament, they can literally weather the storm. And, and that's really, you know, one of the things that we at SRA, uh, 831B admin, our, our logo is, is the Buffalo. That's our mascot. And, and what we love about the, the, the buffalo, and I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but 
one of the things that's interesting about the buffalo is when they see the storm on the prairie coming, they turn into it and run 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 towards it. Yeah. And you know, maybe we are seeing some recession issues. Maybe we are seeing some things. And and I think you and I are in the same camp here. You know, there's opportunity in volatility, right? There's you know, if you're if you're prepared for it. And um, you know, again, just to be able to know that you have this bucket of money off to the side that you put away during all those good times. And now, now maybe you can turn into the storm and run towards the storm and get through it faster on the other end. And when you got through it on the faster on the other end, you're going to be stronger, faster, and better than your competitors by utilizing a program like the 831B. And, and it's got to become a normal business risk because uh, insurance carriers do a good job uh, for the most part. But the, the reality is, is the world's gotten so complicated, so, glo- so global economy um, that they're never going to increase their appetite for risk. They're never going to cover things like COVID and, and they're never going to cover things that are indirect losses and all those other things that people get frustrated with. And so if you're, if you, if you have that, then you owe to your business, you owe to the risk you took to do what you're doing to, to at least look into an 831B plan. I love that. So thank you. So, you know, just to synthesize as we wrap things up, um, that 831B program is a wonderful way to improve your risk. Working with Van and his company, uh, we'll include the links in the description uh, of the show. If you want to reach out to Van, um, you can reach out there and reach out to the company. But to synthesize, preparing for risk, working with this helps you in preparing for risk, improving your tax profile, and optimizing your profit margin. You do these things and you too will be well on your way in your pursuit of making billions. What a show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to leave a comment and review on new ideas and guests you want me to bring on for future episodes. Plus, why don't you head over to YouTube and see extra takes while you get to know our guests even better. And make sure to come back for our next episode where we dive even deeper into the people, the process, and the perspectives of both investors and founders. Until then, my friends, stay hungry, focus on your goals, and keep grinding towards your dream of making billions.